0: It's 20 years for us this year, actually. I know what you're thinking, man. Are you only 20 years old? Did you get married at birth? Yeah, it's an arranged marriage thing we got going on, and uh, it's yeah, it's interesting. Uh, but no, 20 years this year, which is fantastic. If you've got a Bible, Psalm chapter 37, verse 4. Um, I'm going to preach a little bit, share a little bit, and then and then we'll have communion, and then maybe pray for the people if if that's cool, because yeah, we're a church. Um, Psalm 37, verse 4. Verse 3 and 4. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and enjoy safe pasture. Take delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for today. I thank you that we are back in your house worshiping you. I thank you that we are together. In one heartbeat, one voice to uh, give you glory, give you honor that you deserve. I thank you for um, the word that is going to be preached. I thank you that you would make it alive to us. I thank you that you would be honored and glorified, that you would shift hearts, that this would not be just a message that would bring about information, but Lord, the power of the Holy Spirit would be on every word to bring about transformation so that we could be more like you in all that we do, that we don't just sit here and fill a seat but we actually are ready to be equipped to be your hands and your feet in the world around us. We thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so trust in the Lord, do good, do on the land, enjoy safe pasture, take delight in the Lord, he will give you the desires of your heart. We all need a miracle, right? There there comes a point in our life where... um, we need the miraculous to occur. What is the miraculous? The miraculous is basically anything that we cannot do in and of ourselves to change a certain circumstance or situation. It is. It has to be some other greater power beyond our own capability to to make that thing come to pass. Whether it's healing, um, sometimes we find ourselves in in a place of health where uh, there is just nothing we can do. We need a miracle. Financially, relationally, there are so many different areas of our world that. At some point in time, whether it's right now in this moment, whether you can think about moments in the past, or maybe you're, you're going to be faced with a moment in the future where you're going to need a miracle. That you, in and of yourself, me and in and of myself, do not have the power to make everything I dream, hope or imagine come to pass. That I need a higher power in order to be who God has created me to be and have the desires of my heart fulfilled. And many of us find ourselves in these situations from various reasons. Many of us find ourselves in a situation of needing a miracle because of uh, the consequences of decisions we've made. And so we find ourselves sitting in those consequences and going, God, I have got myself in this mess, I know that, but only you can break me out of this mess. And sometimes we find ourselves in a situation as a result of other people's consequences, other people's decisions. And so what has happened to us, what people have done, stolen from us, treated us poorly, um, whatever it's been, and then left us in the wake to deal with the hurt, the bitterness, the fallout, then we need a miracle in that. And look, sometimes, to be perfectly honest, there is a spiritual element. Sometimes there is old hairy legs himself, the devil, who will will try to do stuff and put us in in places and positions where we we find ourselves needing a miracle because there's some sort of a demonic assignment against us. So so today I want to talk about how to get a miracle. Now it's not going to be one of those Pentecostal messages where I give you these awesome tips and you go out and you just like start zapping stuff and the miraculous starts to happen. But I honestly believe that that through this passage and through some of these texts we're going to look at this morning that I want to give us all um, very practical keys that will help us unlock the miraculous or at least position us in a place where God can do the miraculous in our life. And so as I'm preaching, as I'm sharing this morning, I want you to think about what is it in your life that you need a miracle for. Maybe you need a miracle in your marriage. Maybe you need a miracle in your family, with your kids. Maybe you need a miracle in, in your health, in your, in your mind, in your emotions. Maybe you need a miracle in, in your finances, in your workplace. I could probably think of a thousand different examples, but you fill in the blank. Where do you need a miracle? Where do you need some higher power than yourself to, to infiltrate that area and bring about change for you. So here's how we do it. Because so I personally believe that um, miracles still happen today. Crazy miracles. Like, I know some, some of our brothers and sisters of the faith do not believe that miracles still exist, that they died out with the apostles long ago, and that we are now just living in this uh, post-miracle time where they don't happen. I don't believe that. Um, I kind of believe that that God is the same yesterday, today and forever and, and He can do the miraculous when He wants, however He wants um, and our, our theology otherwise can step aside to let Him be God and us not. Um, and so, so I look at the world and I look at how intricately the world is designed. I look at how powerfully the world is created. I look at how uh, the God who, who created and sustains the world and how it works so beautifully And I think about the power that that he must have to create that, and surely that power can fix what goes wrong. I think about like I drive. um, You probably think, man, what does he drive? Some big Ram truck? Like, no, I drive a Toyota Yaris. Don't judge me. Don't judge me. Okay, judge me because it's 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 pretty pathetic. It's a go kart. Let's be honest. So. So Toyota, the engineers, I don't know why, but Toyota engineered this car, and they made this car, the the Yaris. And I have full confidence that they engineered it, they designed it, they built it, they made it. If anything goes wrong, Toyota can fix it. Totally. I take it to one of their um, service centers, and all the trained mechanics are there, and they can fix whatever is wrong. They made it, they can can fix it. And that, honestly, is how simple my theology is around God and healing. God made it. Therefore, he can fix it if it gets broken. And our world is broken. Our hearts are broken. We are born into a broken, fallen world. And it's only God that can truly heal and mend the broken heart, the broken life, and bring about the miraculous. And if the world itself orchestrates and operates and sustains itself by the miraculous hand of God's design, then I believe that same miraculous hand can heal us today. Amen if you agree. And heresy if you don't. Okay, we're good, we're good. Okay, just wanted to test we're on the same page. That's great. So step one. Step one, three steps in how to get a miracle. Trust God, not yourself. Trust God, not yourself. It's the first step in getting a miracle. Is realizing that you don't have the power to change things where a miracle is required. It takes humility. It takes surrender. We see in Psalm 30, uh, 37 verse 3, it says this, trust in the Lord. It's the first step, trust in the Lord, not ourself. So we'll talk about two reasons why we should trust God, why it's important to put our, our faith, our hope, our trust in Him. First of all is because God is sovereign. He is the all-knowing, all-authority, all-powerful, everywhere at every time, Master of the universe. As I said before, he started the universe. He sustains the universe. He is the only one capable of doing the things that we cannot do. Colossians 1 verse 16 gives us a bit of an insight to this. It says, For in him all things were created, things in heaven and things on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things are held together. So that gives us a pretty clear picture that God is sovereign, God's in control, God's. And what what happens is in today's day and age, especially like the New Age movement and and, and things like that, even some pockets of of, of the Christian faith too, we see this this secular idea come in that, that we are gods, that we have my truth. And and therefore I position myself as God over my universe and, and I am in ultimate control. And the whole you do you boo and what's true for you is true for you, all that sort of nonsense dilutes what truth actually is because truth is not what you think, truth is what is. And Jesus says I am so we believe that he is the way, the truth, the life and we put our faith and hope and trust in him alone not in us. And so we relinquish the power to realize I am not sovereign. I do not have control over everything, especially my own life. And I need to surrender to someone who is big enough and powerful enough to do that. And that person is Jesus. And if you don't believe me, I'm going to save you the awkwardness of putting your name in there and putting my name in there. And let's substitute the, the Lord for, for my name. And if you want to do it later, you can do that exercise for yourself. And listen to how ridiculous this sounds. But the subtlety of this world is this is how people think without putting this sort of language on it. So let's just twist it for a minute for this example. Colossians 1:16 to 17 in the New Age version, if you like. For in Justin, that's, that's me in case we haven't met. My name's Justin. Hi. It's lovely to have you. Welcome to church. Uh, please stick around for coffee afterwards. In Justin, all things were created: things in heaven and on earth. Visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers, or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through Justin and for Justin. Justin is before all things, and in Justin, all things are held together. <laughs> Hands up who felt sick hearing that. <laughs> I did. I thought, like, a little bit of vomit in my mouth I was coming. why? Like, oh, wow, this is revolting. But this, this is kind of the culture of the world we live in. My truth, this is my world, and, and I'll do what I want to do. And, and it's like, man, it's, it's like, anyway, I'm not going to go there with that. But, but, but I am not that powerful. I am not God. I do not hold all things together. I do not sustain life. God is sovereign. He created all things. And my heart, my, my heart and my hope is in Him alone. The second reason, the first reason God is sovereign, that's why we put our trust in Him. The second reason is God is good. Despite what you might think about God, despite what you might have experienced in church by God's people, unfortunately it can be quite negative, but despite all of that, the truth is God is good. It's true. Romans eight twenty eight says this, And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love Him and have been called according to His purpose. So no matter what we're going through, no matter what deficiency is in our world, no matter what area we find ourselves in where we need this miracle, there's this void, there's this brokenness, there's this dysfunction, and we need the miraculous on that, because God is sovereign and all-powerful, and because God is good, He's going to make even the worst of situations in our life by His sovereign rule and authority, by His wisdom and knowledge, which is far greater than ours, He's going to make even those darkest, worst moments work out for our good when we understand that we are called by Him as children, the Bible over and over, especially in the New Testament, describes God as our Father, our loving Father. And it says that you know we who are earthly fathers know how to give good gifts to our children, but how much more does our Father in Heaven provide good, children, good gifts for His children? So God is good, and even the darkest of circumstances, He will turn around for your good. And I don't know how, that's His job. It's his job to do that because he is sovereign. But in his sovereignty, his intention is good. And my, my heart is that you would, as Ali said before, feel the weight of his love because he is a good father. So the first step to getting a miracle is put your faith in God, not in yourself. Second step, faith looks like obedience. Faith looks like obedience. Obedience back to our scripture in psalm 37 verse 3 do good dwell in the land and enjoy safe pasture do good be about the kingdom be about be on mission with god be about following him now probably one of the um most theologically rich books in the bible especially for the new covenant is the book of romans and we did a study two years ago going through the book of Romans. It is dense, it is heavy, it is, it is like chewing molasses. It's like, whoa, but it's good and it's sweet and it's delicious. And, uh, and it is probably some of the Apostle Paul's greatest work in, in so far as us understanding uh, how the kingdom works, what Jesus has done for us, who we now are in Christ, and, and all those things. It's just an absolutely powerful book, the book of Romans. And so what, what we see in, in the book of Romans, in the 16 chapters therein, is at the very start in, in chapter 1, verse 5, and in the very end, chapter twenty, it's 16, verse 26, Paul bookends the whole book of Romans with the same phrase. And the phrase is this, it's um, to, be, uh, to bring about the obedience of faith. The obedience of faith. So he starts in chapter 1 verse 5 and he finishes in chapter 16 verse 26. Bring about the obedience of faith. So if he started and he finishes, that means that basically that's the framework that then filters through the whole book that we can see there's a common theme here that he's trying to capture that starts and finishes with the obedience of faith. And you might be thinking, well, what does that actually mean? Well, In the Greek, when you, when you break that down, this phrase literally means this. Faith Is obedience and obedience is faith. So a whole theology around Jesus, us as Christians, the new covenant, all the stuff God's done for us, and what life now looks like for us who follow Him is that faith is obedience, obedience is faith. James puts it this way, chapter two, verse seventeen. Faith is dead when it doesn't result in faithful activity. So, we have faith, and the reason we have faith is because we are displaying that faith by our faithfulness to Christ, to God. You can't, you can't live in obedience to God, right? You can't, we looked at the standard last year and the Sermon on the Mount, how Jesus portrays uh, how the kingdom of God works and how we, we work and, and fit into that. You can't live a life of obedience to God and not experience an increase of faith. Because when you live a life of obedience to God, God's faithfulness to you is activated and His love and His mercy and all this stuff flows to you as you live and abide with Him. And so so this, this faith is obedience, obedience is faith. Our faith grows the more we are living in obedience and dependence and following Jesus. Because faith is not a belief. I just believe. That's what faith is. And so many people think that. Oh, it's a belief. No, no, faith is far more than a belief. Faith is not even a feeling. And some people believe that faith is a feeling. When that feeling subsides, then faith dissolves and goes out the window. Faith is more than just a theology. Faith is more than your willpower. Faith, purely and simple, is faithfulness. So when you say, I have faith in Jesus, essentially what that means literally is, I have faithfulness to Jesus and I'm going to be faithful to Him. So how do we go about getting a miracle? Well, first of all, we trust in the Lord, not ourselves. And the second thing we do is, is our faith looks like obedience. Someone put it this way, do good. Trust in the Lord, do good. Follow Him. So these are the steps for the miracle. Faith in God and our faith looks like obedience. And the third step is this, love God, And leave the results to Him. Love God. Leave the results to Him. Psalm 37 verse 4. Take delight in the Lord and He will give you the desires of your heart. He will do it. So we trust Him. Not ourselves. We follow Him. And we're faithful through our obedience to Him. And then we just rest. And we chill. And we leave the results up to God. He will give you the desires of your heart. He will do it. We don't pick it back up again and go, Oh well, God, if you're not going to fix it in my time frame, I'll just do it myself. No, no, no. Trust God. Relax. Hebrews 4 verse 3 talks about um, God's people entering into His rest, freed from the striving and the exertion of trying to conjure up our faith and do things in our own strength and our own might. Remember, His strength is actually made perfect in our weakness, in our surrender, in our yielding, in our God. It's up to you now. I'm going to follow you. I'm going to put my trust in you. And now I'm just going to wait for you. Success is not measured by results, but by our obedience. Having that all to stand, we stand. We continue to stand. See, if if most of our desires in this life if most of the miracles we are believing God for remain unfulfilled, the thing that actually means the most to us when we finish this life is hearing the, the, the commendation from God himself saying, well done, good and faithful servant. So, so, so success is not measured by the miracles that God performs in our life and the signs and wonders we see. Success is measured by how faithful are we to God. Because at the end of the day, when all's said and done, that's what we hear. It's well done, good, and faithful servant. Because some results, some miracles may not be fully realized and may not be fully known until we get to heaven. And if success is purely measured by results, then many of us will be living with disappointment from unrealized miracles. But faith keeps our eyes on being faithful. Trust in God and trusting that He is faithful. He will come through. And that even though things might not work out in our own time, that, that He is a good Father that works all things together for our good, for those who love Him and are called according to His purpose. And we rest in His purpose. We rest in His plan. We rest in the faithfulness we have to His purpose and His plans. i to read this one, one little quote and then we'll finish. It's from uh, author David Campbell. In his book No Diving, he writes this Faith Faith is a gift from God. It's given in response to our receiving Christ as Lord of our lives. Faith is rooted in the encounter between the Holy Spirit and our spirit. It's what Paul describes as the inner person. It's not anchored in our mind or our emotions, but in God Himself. Over the long term, the reality of faith, as Jesus pointed out, is measured by the fruit of obedience to God in our lives. And that's not legalism. It's simply taking the temperature of where we are, our life is at with the Lord. By our fruits, as Jesus said, we will be known. God will nourish our faith by the presence of His Spirit. We need the continuous refilling of the Spirit for our faith to stay healthy. The Holy Spirit will show us what to pray and what to believe for. And it will always be in alignment with the Word of God and the will of God. This is the clincher right here. Faith is ultimately faithfulness. Those with great faith are those who, when all is said and done, remain faithful. And those who remain faithful, God will never disappoint. So take heart, you probably have more faith than you think. Because if, if, if faith is a feeling, then when we, f- when we don't feel stuff, then we can start to believe that we don't have faith. Well if, if faith is a theology an ideology, then when we don't understand clearly, then we can feel like we have low faith or no faith. If, if faith is willpower, then we feel weak. We feel like we're faithless. But if faith, if faith really is faithfulness, then we can all be faithful even when we don't feel like it. We can all be faithful even when we don't understand. We can all be faithful even when life feels like it's just like uh. and it's our faithfulness that points us to the fact that we have faith and when we have faith God moves on the other side of that because our faith without faithful activity is dormant so how do we get this miracle whatever miracle you need trust in God God in yourself He's sovereign He's good He's worthy to be trusted